Start of the weekend, it's the three amigos on NUFC Matters. Welcome from me, Steve Hasty, Keith Patterson, and Mitch. And uh, we've uh, got the two uh, Saudi boys down below. Like, aye, <laughs> one, I, one you, you, you can tell mine's not from Castoria because the badges are right. Real, I was worried about I was worried about the sizing. So, if, like, if anybody's interested in sizing, this is a 2XL. Though, to be fair, it is from the Philippines equivalent of DH gate. But if you get an idea of what the size is, obviously, you know, you can see the size. Give <laughs> um, uh, you, you a look from the back. <laughs> <laughs> the smugglers are back! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, you know what? Hey! I knew, I knew that was going to happen tonight. I had a feeling it was going to happen tonight. And he said, you might get a bit of a fashion oh. show. And I was like, the budgie smugglers are definitely going to make a return. Sorry to anybody having that tea. Um, and I was going to say, it's Steve Hastings. Oh. that looks a bit uh, looks a bit different tonight. I know. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah. That'll sort you look like this out, won't it? <laughs> Go on, sir. My, 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 shirt, my shirt's in Excel. Uh, and I've got it sent as a gift. I'd like to thank that person, but they said not to name them. So thanks for the parcel. It came through. I was, I've got one in order, but I was made up when it came through. This is a size XL. Fits fits lovely. Fits better than the large did last year. But uh, it's great. But... I just want to thank you, mate, Andy, for getting hold of a few of these from the Philippines. Because the, the, the new order I cancelled, I'm, I'm going to be back home by the time they would have come. So, <laughs> so then I thought I'd try. Do you know what it is? This this is absolutely spot on, though, you know. Bizarre. <laughs> and who, who sent the smugglers? I bought them myself, man. Did you? I can't even I'll have you know. In 1978. Only the best for my channel, thank you. I'm not I'm not being funny, but where where will you go on a podcast on a Friday night before you go to the pub and a bloke stands up <laughs> yeah. sixteen stone and flips his backside on it. Looks like a thong. Looks like it looks like a Geordie thong. That's how I think. We've got plenty to discuss tonight, as always. Uh, seven days has been a long time in the world of Newcastle United. And uh, finally, we've got rid of Dwight Gale, lads. Wow, uh, yes. Steve. Uh, Dwight Gale yeah. is gone, and he goes with my best wishes because I know we've uh, not seen a great deal of him in the last couple of seasons. But um, you know what? He was uh, you know, he, he was an important player at one time. Scored some goals and got us out of the championship. And uh, he goes, I think, with most Newcastle uh, fans' best wishes, Steve. 
Yes, uh, including the groundsman, because he wore that track, didn't he, uh, down the side of the pitch when he was warming up <laughs> for a full season. <laughs> Cost him a load of grass. No, you're absolutely right, Steve. I mean, you know, that 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 2016-17 team all the way through, you know, they they got us out of the championship uh, under Rafa, and he was very much an, interest, uh, an influential part in that. Uh, you can't knock the lad for it. Uh, circumstances... Uh, just seemed to overtake them, and then I think, like all things, he got a he got an extended contract that made it very difficult for the club to be able to move him on anyway. And he he appeared on the bench what twenty odd times last season, if not more. Yeah, I think he, he barely got a barely got a, a, a show, didn't he? I think he came on once. So that recall, I'm sure somebody will, will correct us in the uh, in the in the chat. But uh, no, no, a good look. I think that's a great move, by the way. I think Stoke City. Uh, great move for him. Looking for goals. Uh, Michael O'Neill's still there, I believe. Uh, I'm not too sure. Uh, there was a lot of talk in the summer that he might be moving on himself. But uh, obviously, uh, came to Newcastle, uh, looked around, asked a few questions, got got the man he thinks he'll be able to score goals and and help them climb up the uh, the championship. So best wishes to Dwight. Best wishes to his family. Uh, and Newcastle United move on. We always expected this to happen. We expected certain players, uh, especially those who had been here for five, six, seven seasons, to be in this situation uh, because the club's moving forward. They're getting a little bit older and uh, the opportunities were going to be less and less. And the same goes for Kieran Clark. Um, so good luck to the lad. Yeah. Can you get the smugglers from the Toon shop, says Toon 2020? I don't think so, mate. I'd, I'd, quite, quite, I'd quite happily endorse them if I get a cut of <laughs> John says, can you wear them for the Forest game, Mitch, uh, when you come over? Hi, John. I'll put them in the case, mate. No worries. Brilliant. Uh, Keith, yeah. Dwight Gale's gone. I mean, that's that's another one out the door. Um, me and Malcolm and uh, Gibbo did have a laugh last night on the show, mate, when we uh, our, our usual upbeat show turned into a, a half an hour discussion about Chris Wood, which we'll come to. But they were also, Gibbo was referring to uh, some Reading fans who uh, were, were basically comparing um, Henrik to some of the best players in the world um, after he'd scored two goals in two games. But we are getting rid of the driftwood, Keith, and I think, you know, we, we keep saying we've got to have a bit of patience with the incomings. We've got to have outgoings as well, and it's been a good fortnight for that. I think, um, on Dwight Gale, it, it's, it's easy to criticise because I think people were critical when he wasn't getting in. I was dead surprised when he got a contract that Bruce didn't use him. You know, when, we, when Bruce was here, we were woefully weak up front. And because they give that contract, I couldn't understand why I didn't get the games to follow. Um, I was shocked with Jordan Croden put a, a really good statistic on the, uh, the day. I think he said, you know, all the time uh, Gail's been to Castle, he's only scored, I think, it was 16 Premier League goals. Is that, is that, is that, did you yeah. say that it is? I said, yeah. I was, that, that was a real surprise. I thought it was a good start for Jordan to stick on because... Because then you look at it and it puts it in perspective because I think he's done a great job. I think he's done good charity work around the club. I wish him well. I think it's a no-brainer from Stoke because I genuinely think this lad will get 20-plus goals in the championship. And I hope a hat-trick against the Matams. But when you, <laughs> when, when, when you look at the lad, when, when you look at this lad, you, you think to yourself, um, he was a great championship player for us in, under Rafa. That, that season, we go, oh, he was unstoppable. You know, he had, a, he had a great touch. But when you look at where we're going to, I said to Jordan today, I said, you know, we need that return of each main strike we have. So if, if we have three top forwards at Newcastle, you're looking for them to get 20 goals, 15 to 20 goals. 
And if he's talking returning 16 Premier League goals, that's what you'd want of somebody that was playing half the games. You know what I mean? And and, and the lads just not he doesn't seem to cut it in the in the in the premiership. It's certainly not for the club that's hoping to get top ten. Um good luck to him, you know, good luck to him and good luck to Stoke because I, I, when I was in all day, I talked to Sheffield United support and I said, you want to buy Gale? And I spoke to um, I spoke to the West Brom supporter and last year I spoke to a Fulham lad. I mean, they, they did well, they brought Mitrovic, but Dwight Gale's, Dwight Gale's a no-brainer. Pays wages and you're going to get 20-plus goals. And if you get a strike to get your 20-plus goals, you're going to be in the playoffs, aren't you? you know, yeah. So it's, a, it's a no-brainer. But as far as the other players go, you talk about it's been a good week. Um, someone said to me, it was just a conversation. Said, who would you, who would you, if if people left, when would you see real progress? I says, I don't know if it's this winter or the next winter. But I said, when you see the likes of, and it's, this is controversial. If you see the likes of Fernandez, uh, I think Murphy. In, in, you know, I, I mean personally, if there's a place on the bench, I'd have Anderson on before Murphy. Like of, of what I've seen coming in, and they look at like the cells. If you know, they're about buying another centre half. You know, they talk about if Burn doesn't play. So if if um, if Shah starts with Botman, you've got Burn on the bench, and they bring somebody else in. There's going to be a lot of centre halves that are going to get a game. And then there's kids coming through, like Kel Watson, the new lad they got from Scotland. So for me, there is still a few in there. But I think we've made hellish progress. I think we've got rid of, you know, we've got people. Not got rid, but you look at like like Sakarian Clark and Dwight Gale are going to play every week. And if people are raving about Jeff Hendrick, that's healthy for him and his family and Newcastle if he's getting rave reports at Redden. So good good on everybody, really. Yeah, let's hope the buying permanently. Let's hope he continues it. Um, yeah. Yeah, Mitch, I mean, somebody's just commented there, you know, we'll give Dwight Gale a three-year contract. Why the hell we're giving him away for nothing? But, I mean, you've just got to get him off the wage. You've got to get him off the wage. Group. It wasn't this ownership who gave him the contract. It was. It's one of those mistakes no. of Mike Ashley, wasn't it? Well, no, Mike actually gave contracts out to try and protect the value of the players because he would want a fee. Our, our new sporting director and CEO will be looking at the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is we need a wage bill down. And if somebody's prepared to pick up his wages and we let him go and we're not left with any of his wages on our wage bill, that's a good deal. You know, we've got these these things to to try and balance and there's a much much bigger picture of play here and everybody threatened themselves that we're not going to be buying another uh, striker I think letting Gail go as a statement that there will be another striker coming in we are not the only club struggling to shift players out Chelsea have got a list as long as you're on because they're um what is it their financial model is being reshaped it's true <laughs> basically they don't have somebody who's prepared to chuck 30 million down the drain every month now and they want to be accountable about and try and make the books balance a bit that's why they've just leveraged themselves to the hilt and so um they're struggling to shift players there's other people many other teams are struggling to shift players because it has to balance and so that actually get gale out stoke are getting a really good deal they're getting a guaranteed amount of goals in the championship somebody who could potentially get them least into the playoff positions if he stays fit all season we know how well he does at that level we've seen it with our own eyes and therefore, at that level, they're getting somebody, they know what they're buying. Mm. And there's not many players you can buy when you say, you know what, safe pair of hands, we know what we're getting here. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't happen very often. 
really doesn't happen very often. It's a good deal for Stoke, and in terms of getting our wage bill down, it's a good deal for us. Who's to say they're not looking to line up all sorts in the market? I know they're very active, but the other thing, like I've said before, the club now, since Ashworth's come in, are tight as an arch trough. There's not much getting out now, and that's the way it should be. That's absolutely the way it should be. We've got another God knows how many days till the transfer window closes. We've done great business so far. Everybody needs to just trust the process and let them get on with their jobs and things will happen when they happen. And letting um, letting Gale go, I think, is very, very significant in terms of um, there's a striker gone out, there will be a striker coming in and everybody needs to calm down. And as far as Chris Wood goes, I don't know where anybody can see anything other than good things from him as far as I'm concerned. What he did last season at the end when he was ploughing alone for rope front and holding on the ball and bringing people into the into the game, the goals will come. But he's never been a prolific goal scorer. He's a very different beast. And we do need somebody to either compliment or um, back up Wilson because we need to protect Wilson this season. And I'm damn sure... The, 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 the whole theory about well he's gambling on Wilson's fitness for the season is basically bollocks. Mate, come on, Mitch, let's let's get this one started. Because I, I I ended up having half an hour of this with Super Matt and Gibbo last night. It was a great debate. <laughs> it was a great debate, right? But Gibbo and Super Mac were doing exactly what they've been doing with Joe Linton before the big turnaround with Joe Linton. They were slagging yeah. him off, having a pop, calling him um Plank of wood, driftwood, you name it. Um, just saying he's useless, a waste of space. My argument was simple. I said, he played those nine games, which we went unbeaten. He scored a penalty, which was the winning penalty, which got to, which got us three points. Um, but when we signed him, we signed him because it weakened Burnley and Burnley went down. So that, that, that certainly played its part. We also signed him because he was probably the only uh, striker or forward player that we could get. Uh, Newcastle were rock bottom and struggling to bring players in. Uh, Chris Wood wanted to come. And the other thing about Chris Wood in his defence is that he played in a 4-4-2 with Burnley. He played up front with another person, a strike partner, somebody to take the load. Uh, And in three consecutive seasons in the Premier League, Chris Wood scored double figures. He scored maybe 11, 12, 13 goals on three consecutive seasons, playing in a 4-4-2. He's come here. He's been asked to do a job by Eddie Howe, and he's done it, Mitch. And for me, yeah. I think anyone getting on his case is is wrong. Uh, and it's my opinion, just, but I just think, yes, we're not going to win the Premier League or the Champion League with Chris Wood playing up front on his own, but he'll be a vital part no, of the squad. He's a, he's a different beast to Callum Wilson. And I'm telling you now, he can do some of the things that Shearer could do for us when we need to hold the ball for 10 minutes at the end of a game. Stick him in the corner with it and try and let people get it off him. Because I bet he, he, he's a hard little bugger. And he, he, you know what that penalty he scored? He needed balls bigger than mine for that. Because um, I'm telling you now, that he, the pressure he was under, the amount of time he had to wait, he had hold of the ball from second one. I'm taking this penalty. And he drilled it in. Keep had no chance. Right? There's not many people can do that. And I know that the last season they had penalty competitions. And he only missed one. And the one he missed was apparently a ridiculously good save from Darlow. You know, and it, that was one out of 20 or something when they had this penalty competition going on. And there's, I tell you what, we get a penalty and he's on the pitch. There's nobody's getting that ball off him. 
And and if he scores six penalties for me next season and holds the ball up in the corner and takes with the three points four or five times, that's good enough for me. He's doing a job and he's doing the role he's asked to. Um, he has not been brought in to be another Callum Wilson. He's not been brought in to be another superstar. They love him in the dressing room and he fights for his squad and he fights for his teammates. That, that tale about Deli Alley that I have absolute gospel from within the dressing room is true. And the first person to go over and back Joe Linton up was Chris Wood. And frankly, I know a lot of New Zealanders out here. I love them a bit, but if there's a fight kicks off, I want them on my side. <laughs> okay. Keith, I'm going to come to you next on that one. What do you think about the, the Chris Wood conundrum? I, I think that um, when when last season when we were struggling, we went out to try and buy somebody. And we went out to like Lingard. And, and at that time, I think we were desperate to get people like Lingard in. Yeah. Chris, Chris Wood was one of the few that would come. I mean, that wasn't Lingard's fault. It was obviously Man United wouldn't let him come. But people, people ignore the fact that when we had the turnaround if, if you said to me what's the day when the turnaround happened and you thought shit we've got this this is this that was not expected i'll say leads away leads away we weren't expecting to get nothing off it and leads seemed to drop badly after we beat them at their place and chris wood that day was awesome he won it, it, there was two games he played through that period where he won more he had more passes than any of the Newcastle players on the pitch. Uh, he won more headers one game than anybody in the Premier League would in a match. And he contributed massively to a staying up. This this year, this year, the friendlies I watched, certainly the first of them two, I thought he drifted deeper to get the ball. I thought he was looking and working for the ball more. But I think Chris Wood, because people say to me, you know, US 25 million on us, it was the best money we could ever spend. You know, like at the time, and I thought it was a great buy. Right now, right now, if there's just Chris Wood and Wilson in, I'll be the first to say I think we'll wake up tall. I think I think that um, we need something extra, and it, it might be a young player or it might be an established player, but we need something more for injuries. And if Wilson got injured and there was only Wood on, I would I would be worried where the goals would come from. But he will score. And he'll score more than he has, and he does work. And he is well thought of in the team. And that's massive that he's well, that he's well respected. So um, I, I think I'd have been on your side, Steve, if I would give put on Malcolm Wood. But at, at the same time, I can understand why Malcolm's saying what he is. Because my answer to Malcolm is there's not many McDonald's to sign up. You know, where, where do you yeah. get a Malcolm McDonald from now? And if, if you look at it, you know, the fans are getting impatient. And it doesn't matter how much we mourn or how much we complain or poor suggestions they'll only buy who they can afford and who the coaches want that's the fact doesn't matter what the fans say because the coaches will die by who they pick in and the clubs will have a, a, a distinct policy on what they're going to pay and you know i've, I've been quite open about forward saying i'll go fossilman because as i watch him and as things i've said a bit i think he looks awesome but that's probably too ambitious but there's no harm in having ambition but there's if I, if, if I was bringing the kid in, I'd bring the kid in for PSG, uh, long name, Chumi Menko or somebody, who's behind Mbappé, Messi and Neymar. That's why he can't get in. He's gone, he's gone out to the Nice, and he's got, is it Nice or Nile or somebody? It's scored, scored, you know, double figures goals and created about 10 goals. And he's a young kid, about 19 year old. Looks awesome. 
So I would, I would be taking a chance on something like that. But Chris Wood Wilson, a kid and a striker, I think we need four in that area. That's who I think we need. And I, I think we're one shot. If, if, you, if you ask me where we are now, we're one shot at centre forward, we're one shot on the right wing, and we're short of a, a, a central midfield player, like, like Shelby's position for me. But, but we, you know, we might have to go this season and put up, you know, play with some of them people. Um, but I, I, I'm happy. I'm happy with. I'm certain that Newcastle and the club and the owners and the coach knows we definitely short two players, and I'm certain they'll get two players in, and I'll be very surprised if we don't break the transfer record. Mm. Okay, Steve, your take on Chris Wood? Lots of mixed debate in the chat last night. A lot more positivity towards uh, Chris Wood. Michael Pomar saying, "Would you take five to ten million for Wood? Assuming, of course, we bring in someone to replace him." I mean, it's you know, I, I, I just genuinely don't think they bought him to sell him straight on. I think you know, I think he'll be part of the squad this season. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I think he will as well. I think what you've got, what you get with Chris Wood is you get you get experience first of all. I think we bought them at a time, as, as Keith said, when we desperately needed someone to come in. We we, we had no idea how long um, Wilson was going to be out for. We didn't know whether Wilson was going to be out the whole of the season, whether we we're going to get him back in April. We needed someone. You're right. To a certain extent, we did weaken Burnley. If, you know, but I don't I don't think that was in the in the, the mindset of the club. You know, let's go and buy a striker. What if we get a striker from? one of our rivals that will weaken him. I don't think that that will have sort of come into the equation very much. But I think what you get with Chris Wood is, and, and what happened, that when Chris Wood arrived, the midfield started scoring goals. And that tells you an awful lot because it, it kind of galvanised the squad. It gave them a, a focal point. But then what Chris Wood was doing was he was, he was creating problems for the centre-backs of the opposition, create, giving the defender something to think of, and then that that released space down the down the width and down the centre. It coincided with Joe Linton suddenly having this sudden metamorphosis into a into a decent. Player. We got, got Bruno coming in. Um, we, 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 we saw ASM drift, but we saw the likes of Willick coming in and his place and taking. We saw a different Almiron at times. No, it, it all blended well, and, and we were we, we got the results that they were looking for. So that alone tells you that it was a great buy. It was an excellent move by the club. I think what now that we've got Wilson back, it'd be interesting to see whether we ever do play a four-four-two. Um, what Eddie Howe has in his mind, and I think if you're a coach, what you want is that versatility. You want that ability to be able to go. You know what? Against this opposition, four-four-two. Against this opposition, four-three-three, four-five-one. That's what it's all about, you know. So, okay. Bias never lets you down, does he? Mad Bias! <laughs> Mark, I was only straight down there. I've got this vision just coming into my head now. Oh, gee, I'm oh, We've got no I've chance got... later, I don't think, after that start. After that. <laughs> What's that talking about again? It's all right. I'm going to do the DM. What's the important bit?
Welcome to the DI Met, where I ask you to bring uh, photos to us uh, with ex-players, managers, uh, people from the club or current players, managers. And uh, we've got this one. Uh, Keith sent us this one. Um, and this is from Raimondo, who we met a few times. And uh, wow. Photos sent to me this week. The day I met, it came from Stacey, who was Raimondo's daughter. And that's him. They're massive fans of the show and watch every week. So good evening to Stacey and Raimondo. We've had a, uh, a few nights where we've met you. And uh, there he is with our former illustrious leader, who, got to be honest, looks like a waxwork of him. But uh, <laughs> it was uh, back in the early days when Mike Ashley was drinking with supporters. So, uh, yes, uh, happy memories, unhappy memories uh you decide. And this one uh, from Angela, she went, I didn't know how to take a selfie back then. Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> that's her with Sir Bobby Robson. Uh, back in the days when you used to have a camera uh, that used to wind on. But uh, wonderful photo, wonderful memories. And uh, I think we had to put uh, Sir Bobby in after having to um, worry about Mike Ashley's photograph being shown. But thanks. Keep them coming in. Send them to me at Steve Braith or send them to Steve A. Steve Oldertonian, Jordy Denton Smith or NCSL8092 Keith on Twitter. And we will get them on the show. <laughs> One for you, Steve. Uh, ask Steve here, Steve, if he's managed to get his overpriced Bob Dylan ticket. The answer, Peter, is no. <laughs> I've managed to. Well, I managed to get. I managed to get mine. Um, I'm going to London. I'm going to the London Palladium show. 130 yeah. quid I've paid, which I've got to be honest, I think is okay. Yeah. But there is a phone ban. Uh, they're going to put your phone into a little um, sealable bag um, at the Palladium, <sighs> which you can only unseal when you come out. Uh, which I don't know how on earth they're going to go through thousands of people leaving the building and do that, but it, it must be tried and tested. So, so I've got that. I am a little bit more disappointed that Bruce Springsteen tickets. I was hoping to get some, but uh, of course, didn't hit the right uh, day for ordering. Um, he made Dave, I think, was on for about an hour and a half trying to get uh, yeah. two tickets uh, for Hyde Park. He's eventually got them. I've given up the ghost, uh, Stephen. The only one I've been able to get is uh, uh, well, the only the only ones that are available now are. Uh, Aston Villa Football Club, £520 for yeah. a ticket. Jesus. And that's not on a tout system, by the way. That's an actual ticket. Um, and Edinburgh Murrayfield, uh, uh, £442 for a seat in the stands. Yeah. Absolutely crazy with the Bruce Springsteen gig. So uh, I'll just have to put up with the fact that I've seen him once and I'll probably never see him again. But um, yeah. So there you go. There's there's your answer. But Bob Dylan, 130 quid. It's cheap, really. And this, it, it is, this is, they had the buy prices is what they charge for bloody concerts out here. They, they've got man. this new Coca-Cola Arena in in uh, on the way to downtown off Shakespeare Road, and they had somebody like Maroon Five there, and they wanted two and a half thousand dirhams for a ticket. That's like, it's like what? That's about five hundred and twenty quid. You're like, nah, <laughs> just nah. If uh, if Hasty had listened to me at the start and and put his bonnet on here and we shaved it all off, I'd have been to get you your own box, Steve. You'd have got a thousand pound box. I can easily raise you a grand when you shaved all that off. That's typically you, isn't it? Eh? Tells us no. I'd have got you a grand for cutting that off, honestly. <laughs> well, he's I made mean, a start. The Dylan tickets isn't bad. I agree. The, the right. Springsteen tickets, I mean, they, they went within an hour at Murrayfield. You just couldn't get your hands on, the, on a decent place ticket. But uh, it, it's 
I mean, I, I saw uh, who did I go to see? Kings of Leon a couple of weeks ago. That was quite cheap. I enjoyed that gig. I must admit, saying I got in for now, but uh, that's another story. <laughs> yeah, uh, gig tickets absolutely frightening uh, these days, and um, yeah, you you know you've just got to pay the price if you want to go. Sadly, there's nothing else you can do. Steve, let's talk uh, a little bit about. Um, ASM, uh, it's another one which uh, seems to be doing the rounds, talk of him parking his car in the wrong place and upsetting people and, um, you know, potentially getting linked with Chelsea, now Tottenham and Tottenham and then Chelsea. Is is ASM, you know, is he one of those players that, that could go on transfer deadline day or go towards the back end, do you think? Because he doesn't seem himself and the performances in the pre-season, although it's always difficult to assess people in the pre-season, doesn't look, doesn't look great i've got to be honest again i've said it before i wouldn't be too sad to, to see him go if we're going to replace him with somebody better yeah you're right and but i think asm's an enigma isn't he he's one of those people and uh, there's always going to be stories around him there's always going to be speculation about where he's going to play i noticed it was it was described in this morning's uh, article the, the the link with chelsea is tentative whatever that means I mean, dear me. If, if you're I, a, think the, I think the word you're looking for is bollocks, Steve. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Enter the bollocks. You know all about them. But, you know, that's what ESM is. You, you, there's always going to be stories about him. There's going to be off-the-press off the stories, you know, about his gaming and about it, bringing people to his house and playing football on the lawn and having people playing touch rugby and football in his garden. And there's going to be all of those stories coming out. The, the thing about the games, the stopping in the street and giving people gifts for no reason whatsoever. The links with other clubs. I, it's just one. Of, it's just part of the perpetual sort of um, promotion, if you like, of ASM. Uh, he, he has a media team. He has a PR team that, that follow him around. He brought them back over into the country in, in, at the turn of the year after there'd been all that controversy again <laughs> flying off. That's the sort of that's the sort of guy he is. He's, he's not Chris Wood, you know. He's not he's not a guy who's a, 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 an ultra professional who who you know comes from the other side of the world who who just does his does his thing and, and moves on. This is this is what you get with the SM. Would he be better suited in London? Who knows? Would he, would he? Is he good enough for a Chelsea or a or a, or a Tottenham Hotspur? Would would he would he cope with Conte for a start if he went to Tottenham? I think the answer to that one is definitely no. Um, not a cat in hell. Um, would he cope with with Tuchel? Well, we, we saw what happened with uh, with Tuchel when one of his players decides to just go into an into a an interview and, and talk about how he's not very happy. Uh, straight away he's gone. So you know, I think, I think that there's a there's a myth around ESM. On his day, an absolutely brilliant footballer, ball player. Needs somebody who can get him to lift his head, play more as a team player. Whether or not he is just a juggler, or, or you know, whether he's he's the sort of player if you try to coach him, you lose that special part of him. I'm not too sure. I've always loved the Maverick player, Jinky Jimmy Smith was. Probably my favourite player when I was growing up as a kid, even though Supermac was there and Supermac was the you know, hero and the, the, the goal scorer, etc. But Jinky was special. I, I like players like Peter Marinello, who was at, at uh, Arsenal at the time. I loved Stan Bowes. I loved that whole, that sort of um, Terry Venables uh, sort of panache that, that that occurred down in London at the time and loved, loved those type of players. Always wanted to have players like that at Newcastle. Then we get one. 45 years later and you're thinking 
he's he's not a team player. What the hell's going on? Where's my brain going? You know. But that's the way that the modern game is. But I, I know the kids love him. I know it seems to be an older generation that uh, that perhaps uh, see the see the game differently to some of the youngsters these days. And you know, we've got the older generation here around the around the table or around the screen, if you want, for a better phrase. Um, but uh, if he moves, if he moves on, if somebody comes in with a big bid, and and Eddie Howe thinks it's the best thing for the football club, and if if also the chief executive thinks it's a it's a positive move, then it'll happen. If they don't, then the SM will start the season in black and white shirt, occasionally wear a white one like the lads are wearing at the moment, and uh, we'll see where we are. Probably in January, having the same sort of conversation. Steve, you're, you're muted, Steve. You're muted, Steve. Yeah, he's a bit like Kieran Dyer, Keith, isn't he, uh, ESM? He's a bit of a... He is an enigma. He's one of those players who, you know, look great in a poor team, but when you start getting quality players in, the likes of Bruno, etc., you you know, he, he's starting to look bang average, and I think that's the problem. I think that's... I think those older supporters can see that. Youngsters, of course, haven't been through this kind of... You know this kind of um you know revolving door of, of players and asm's probably some of the some of the young fans is probably their first hero so for us to say well get rid of him it wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't do the team any harm if we got rid of him and replaced him the youngsters don't quite understand that keith yeah uh, i please use are all segregating the young ones from the oldest because obviously you may be a lot younger than you lot but being one of the humans i'm a big fan of uh Yes, um, and, and, and you know, I, last season, last season, I had his name on my shirt, and uh, I'm quite precious because this year I'm going to get three tops, but I don't think I'll put any names on them because you don't know who might come in or who might leave. But for me, I think he's got a lot of flair, I think he's got a lot of class, and I think at times he's unplayable. But I want to see how Eddie Howe handles somebody like him. I want to see before we start buying the big end players, you know, top players, because invariably, you know, the kind of players we're going to buy in the next two or three years, are going to come with that bracket of being Maverick and being, you can't, not, not everybody's going to be a trip yet. And not everybody's going to just walk into your lap like Gamerish did. And, and, you know, if you look at Bruno, he's just, he, he looks like just the model pro, he looks absolutely brilliant. But if you've got Paquette, I think he'd be harder to manage, manage than, Bruno, for example. So with the SM, I want to see what Eddie Howe does with them. I want to see yeah. Eddie Howe. I want to judge um, Eddie Howe on how much the SM starts to smile and starts to enjoy his football because I'd be really disappointed if the SM left and did it somewhere else. And this year, success to me would be winning a cup and the SM scoring and smiling because if we're going to get good, we've got to be able to control and integrate people of his skill. And I think... I think of all of our players in that team, he's one of the most unplayable when he's on his day. And it's the job of the coaches and the club and the other players and the man himself to get him to play every week. And I, I, I think I think he's a outstanding talent. You know, and when you travel around, people in other areas say that that Tim Maxim's incredible. So people don't see him every week, it's every move, admire him a lot. And I can see why there's reservations in your old people, but give him this season. Let's judge him on this season. If he does it this year, it might all be history. But the other thing is, I think he attracts bad press as well. He might cause that. He might well cause it. You know, we heard about his antics going on holder and things. But 
come on, you know, we, we've, we've got 11 players and, you know, I, I mean, Murphy's a good kid. I just don't, I just don't think Murphy's going to get to the levels we're going to get to. ASM might, and that's the difference. So don't, okay. write, don't write him off now. What, what, what is he then? Is he a striker that doesn't score? Is he a winger? Is he a winger that doesn't doesn't create chances, or is or is he a midfielder who doesn't provide assists? I would what is say he? I would say probably the second, probably a winger, that, and I think he does create. I mean, he, he, he put a chance over last. He put a chance over in the friendly that was sliced wide. He, he, he does create chances. He does create a lot of chances. Right. I mean, if you if, if you listen to him, he says if I was he, he said that he if he, he would his stats would go up instantly better if he had better finishes on and he has created chances he has created chances i mean he, we talk about chris ward he put a chat he put a he, he gave him a sitter um at the end of the season and he just missed it badly last so so you know we, we're gonna have a pop at him but what i'm saying to all is give him this year give him this year because if we've got a squad of 25 people and he's one of them surely he's worth a season to see whether he whether he can do it in this better team because better players around you make better players good and if 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 sm gets better players around him we'll see exactly how good he is you know what i mean and and, and he's getting better defenders behind him he's getting better midfield like, given this season it's not something rash it's because personally i think he's i think he could be exceptional um but i respect what you say and you've all got a good point um if he gets in and gets his right amount of games a season and doesn't do it and his head doesn't he does he doesn't smile then maybe it will be better for all parties because but i don't think we're anywhere near that now this this he's worked hard he's he's he's, he's played against teams he's been the only man on the pitch he's played exceptionally well and as far as not creating you know man, man united to, at home went amazed when we started when our balls dropped um he, he was past and put a ball in the net, which is mesmerising. And, and and I like them players. And Jimmy Smith was one of my favourites, Steve. And one one of my favourites after Jimmy Smith going back. You know, I like I liked watching people like Mickey Burns beat people. I loved watching Ginola, Gascoigne, Waddle. I like flair players. Somebody put on here, someone the lad on here, Maggot Down, Maggot Downer, put mentioned Beasley. Christ, mate! I said I, I put a post in the week saying. If Beasley was 21 years old, we're 200 million now. Beasley, Beasley would be, in today's football, he is, Peter Beasley would be in the top five in the world. So so we're not going to get a Beasley. You know, like, we, we all gutted we can't get a Beasley. He was probably the best player Newcastle ever signed. So you can't just judge every player that comes in against Peter Beasley or you'll, you'll have a, a really, really miserable time with Newcastle. You know, you might get one more Beasley in your lifetime if you're lucky. So be real and compare him against the other people who's maybe he's getting the game. Is he better than Murphy? Is he better than you like Mitch made a good point before about who's leaving? Chelsea are trying to get rid of the likes of Bachishui, who Newcastle were desperately after. They're trying to get rid of Kennedy, who Newcastle spent a fortune on. Them's the kind of people Chelsea's trying to get rid of, and they can't get rid of them for love and the money. Leicester's got the same problem. So if we're gonna thin our squad down. I'll be targeting the people who don't give you something extra rather than someone that regularly gives something extra. Mm, yeah, it's, it's, it's all, good, all good points, lads. All good points. And it's a debate that's going to run. Mitch, your thoughts on, on ASM? Lots of people I sticking up for him. I have an infuriating love-hate relationship with him. 
I love the potential he has. I would love him to fulfil that in a black and white shirt. Um, I think the guy has the ability to be anything he wants. And it's his choice. I agree. But then I hear things off the pitch, like the story about him when he went out and then didn't do the right paperwork for coming back during COVID and how he tried to get around that and the club had to dig him out of shit. Like when he brought his social media team back and was basically accused of human trafficking because he didn't tell people who these people were properly. <laughs> you know, and, and it's... And parking in the wrong parking space and all those things that basically somebody who doesn't give a flying F does. Um, and that's what comes with players like this. And I'm prepared to tolerate that to a degree as long as the club are prepared to tolerate that and as long as the manager is. And the manager seems to be talking him up. He is a player who constantly probably needs his tummy tickled. Probably constantly needs to be told he's the best thing ever and everybody loves him and he needs that kind of high maintenance management a bit like one of my exes actually um and, <laughs> and so um god i'm on one tonight um so you know I, i'm prepared to tolerate that if i see somebody delivering week in week out because he can if he wants to I don't take that bullshit in the Crystal Palace game where he did the multiple step overs. That was all for Instagram. That was for TikTok. And that's bullshit. I'd rather see him beat a man, stick a ball across the six-yard box that Callum Wilson can tap in, 1-0, 2-0, whatever. I want to see more of that and less of the prancing pony. But by the same token... do it. By the same token... He can do it all, Keith. If he, wants, if, if he Peter, wants, it's all in his hands. If Peter Beardley drove in my nana's house through the window and knocked her over, I'd probably tell my nana she should watch where she's going if she was in her own living room. So, so, so you've got you've got to give you've got to cut some slack to to these I'll, people. I'll, and and, and, and if, cut. If, if, if Peter Beardley's biggest fault your cast was he couldn't park the car, he would get away with it. And I just think everybody is ready to jump on the SM and, and I'm at the minute saying Cut them some slack there's, for this season. There's, there's definitely a generational divide in this as well. Aye. And, and, and something, something you know, is that, is, is that become a grumpy old man Aye. and slowly metamorphosise into my grandfather? Um, uh, in all the right ways, I hope. Um, you know, it, 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 I won't tolerate some of that. And, and when, you, when you see him rolling around on the pitch in a friendly... And, in, and the camera cuts to the bench and the bench are taking the piss wow. out of them. There's something inside that squad that actually... My hope is that they are taking the piss out of them in the right way like you do with your mates. Like we do with each other, for God's sakes. And that's fine. If it's not affecting the mood in the dressing room, or in, in fact, if it's almost enhancing the dressing room, yeah. With two or three people looking at each other and rolling their eyes, and, oh yeah, we go, um, because they know out of that comes something special. They'll have seen it. They'll have seen it all on the training ground. He's one of these guys. You say some of those things on the training ground where he beats eight men and sticks it in the top corner. He'll do that in the game one day. I hope so. And everybody will go, wow. Um, I just hope it's for us. He does it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I would like to see out of them this season. 
I the other thing it. I think is, in terms of our transfer business this season, this is why I think I would like to see somebody of real quality on the right wing. Yeah. Because the amount of times he has three or four players around him, if we've got somebody of similar quality on the right yeah, wing right. and the left wing, Spot he's on. not going to have three or four players around him. He might have two. And we know Spot fine on. well he can take the piss out of two players. Well said. We know Good. fine well he can. And, and I think I think if we make the right additions to the squad, I think this is the point he's trying to make. Bearing in mind English isn't his first language, and some of these things do get lost in translation a little bit. You know, mm. um, that if he's saying we're in a better place, what he might be actually inferring is, is if there was somebody on that right wing the same quality as me, teams haven't got a bloody chance against us because we're going to skin them. And that's that's the point you might be trying to make. I'm going to cut him some slack on that one, because some of the things, the, the, in essence, he's a good lad. You don't rock up at the food bank and hand a check over if you're not, you know, yeah. in essence, a good lad. Because if he wasn't a good lad, he wouldn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, uh, and 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 he does, you know. And some of the things I've, I've had, I had mates here in Dubai when he was in Dubai last, who spent a couple of evenings with him and the. One of them doesn't even like football. Uh, and I'm like, why didn't you give us a call? You were sat with bloody St. Maximin, for God's sakes. Oh, he's a really nice guy, yeah. It was, it was good evening, what a lovely lad. You know, you're like, Christ. Um, but that's, that's feedback from somebody who doesn't even know who he was. He just met him one evening. He was promoting his um, board game thing. Um, mm, that's right. You know, and, he's, doing a and, lot of, he's doing a lot of that. And that's fine. And so, surprise, surprise, is the NFTs associated with it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, you know, okay, that's fine. If you want to, if if you buy an NFT for me, might as well just withdraw all your money out your bank account in five as and burn them one by one. They'll last longer, and you'll have a lot more fun. Um, but that's another matter. Um, in the words of Chris Banks, in the words of Chris Banks on here, he says there should be no hierarchy in the car park. First come, first served. It's not the golf club. No, it isn't. <laughs> Absolutely right. It isn't. And why should it fucking matter? Because it's not like you're asking somebody to... It's not like when you're flying to Dubai and they nearly park the Newcastle plane in Sharjah and you spend half an hour on a bus getting to the bloody terminal. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the car park at the training ground, for God's sakes. You know, and, and so... I... He frustrates the life out of us because I see someone who genuinely has the ability to do anything he wants in football. And it's entirely in his hands. And I don't think there's any coach could make a difference to that. I don't think there's any person can make a difference to that. It's just him. And if I was to get five minutes alone with him, that's where I would nudge him. I would say, what do you want to be remembered as? And who do you want to be remembered yeah, as? I agree. Because if you want, to, you want to be remembered as a legend, Show us what you can do in that black and white shirt and you'll be remembered for a long, long time. Imagine what the state of his car would be like if Gaza was still here. <laughs> <laughs> He's filled with condoms and all sorts Stay. of things. Stay, Walker. Exactly. Well, that, that yeah, some debate's going to run and run, I think. Uh, I stuck a poll up on the community page. Um, would you sell ASM this summer? Simple answer, yes or no. Get voting on that now in the next uh, 40 minutes and we'll uh, we'll check back in on that uh, to see 
what your uh, thinking is just out there in the social media world. Uh, now time for Tweet of the Week. Yes, Tweet of the Week, where we ask you to send in uh, plenty of tweets and uh, bit, bits of bobs on Facebook and uh, Instagram as well. Anything that tickles you or anything that uh, you feel is uh, relevant with uh, regards to our show. Uh, it's been a scorcher this week, and I think taking a dog named Shark to the beach isn't a good idea. <laughs> Thanks to Terry for sending that one in. <laughs> um, this one as well, when it's 40 degrees outside, you've told everyone you can't sweat. Yes, Prince Andrew <laughs> clearly uh, stayed indoors over that hot period as well, I think. Uh, this one, uh, thank you for this one, Christopher Smart. He says, one for you. Uh, 60 second minute, goal wraith, dickheads home. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Classic, absolute classic. Uh, this one from Colin Walker, Ryan, uh, loving life with the big lads at the back. Yes. Super, superimposed photograph there of uh, our good friend Ryan Fraser uh, and in between two centre halves. Uh, this one was sent by Terry Armstrong, tweet of the week. He says, This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Uh, it's free Spanish lessons where basically just as you would expect, wants to know how you can get a paint uh, and how you can get some food. But uh, thanks for that, Terry. Uh, this one from Heat Save, he says, when your owner says we're going to build a skyscraper, so the foundations need to be. What a statement this is. And the foundations are definitely set now. Let the good times roll. Good tweet, good positive tweet, that one, and uh, how right you are. Uh, this one uh, from Tinsy as well. He said, uh, you watch one bloody Amigo show and you get this on recommendations. How are you, Keith? No more. <laughs> Absolutely classic, like those shirts. And uh, this one as well, uh, touching on the shirt. He says, seen this on a site on Facebook, uh, Keith. Sprung the mind uh, straight away. Surely there's a chance here for Steve Hasty to get some revenge. Uh, oh, yes. Right. Uh, the, uh, did you see the shirt last week, Steve? You did watch the show, didn't you? Yes, yes. I was uh, I was at the uh, the Open Golf and I sat and watched it. Uh, it was great, a uh, great great shirt, Keith. Great shirt. It was, it was a golf shirt, Sid. Under Under Armour golf, golf shirt. shirt. Exactly. I tell you something. I tell you something. I did have a bet with you, Sid. This week I get less messages, private messages for this shirt than what I did last week. I had <laughs> seven seven people asked us where you get from, and one was Raymondo who sent you that message. Raymondo. Said, do they do them in treble XL? Classic. I've already had. I've already yep. had private messages about our shirt, and to answer the question that was on the screen before, it came from a site called Lazada. I think it's called. It's basically the Philippines equivalent of DHgate, and I've got to thank Andy for sourcing it for us. Um, he's back in Dubai with his family at the minute, and he's got the girls over, and he'll be over for the first game with her as well, yep. and they'll all be there, so it'll be a good laugh. Other, other, other dodgy online shops are available to buy your tops from uh, the story, for example. <laughs> no, no, you're going to get them there. Mitch, Mitch has yours got the sponsor on? Has yours got the sponsor No, it's got no on. Mine's got the sponsor on. Do you want us to stand up again? No! Uh, <laughs> Yeah, me out. Shut the blinds. Uh, Wayne Bennett says, in time. Um, yeah, I did like that. Uh, the photograph of Jose Mourinho um, and then getting the tattoo with Newcastle on and uh, Bobby Robson, uh, possibly a prelude to uh, a future manager. 
Uh, Andy McClay sent this one. Tweet of the week, Newcastle announced a lucrative sponsorship deal uh, with Rally Bikes. Players have to be supplied with two bikes of their choice. Uh, thanks for that, Andy. And uh, yes, I did panic when uh, I glanced up at what my kids were watching on TV, Wayne. Yeah, this was good. Uh, and at the bottom, it was, if you know, you know. Yeah, something to do with yes. the taxi, I think, uh, is uh, or a fake taxi. And it, might, it might not be a real one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Stephen Kennedy said this, Helen, I think the dog wants to go out. Hey. And the last one this week is this. In Sunderland, what type of person lives here? Caution, uh, on, it says on here, um, do not insert into your rectum. <laughs> On a petrol pump in Sunderland. Yeah, me. Devin Knocker till he tried it. Exactly. Um, but nothing surprises us in Sunderland. Tweet of the week, get more over to us. We'll have them on next week. Okay. Uh, full house, says Paolo, uh, at the Stadium of Light in Lisbon on Tuesday night. Very hard test for Newcastle. Do you think, guys, that after the game we'll speed up some transfers? Mitch, come to you first on this one. Uh, there seems to be a lot of people, you know, really, really desperate just to see these players coming in. I still think it's been a very good transfer window so far. And with, you know, no time... Um, you know, it, it's not time to panic yet. The first of September is no. when it closes. And... and yeah, I, I don't think that result on Saturday will, th- will determine it. I think it's clear that Eddie Howe has a formation in the first 11 in mind. And there's not actually that many places up for grabs in it until signings are made. Um, I think it's clear he knows where he wants to strengthen. Um, we're doing what business in a different way now. This isn't the Ashley era. And nor is it the, the Shepard and Hall era either. We're doing things a very different way. It's quite clear some clubs want us to pay an oil tax. And quite rightly, they're being, go- being told to go shovel up their backsides. I think this season, there will be a lot more activity in the last few days of the transfer window than in the last five or six years. Because of the way the money's in the game, because of the way the money's structured, because of FFP, because of certain constraints that some clubs are finding themselves under, um, people want to ship players, people want to buy players. But nobody seems to want to pay a higher price and nobody wants to be seen to be giving people away. And it's we're now at the sort of the um, sort of the poker table stage of the transfer window where you've got six people with skin in the game, you're onto the turn card, and everybody's now trying to suss out who's got a hand and who hasn't. And that's where we're at. And I think we'll be at this stage probably until the last week of the window. And then I think once it goes, it'll go. I think there'll be a number of moves that will free money up in the market and the money go around will happen because that's how it's going to work. And I think we've got fantastically now the right people in place to deal with that my understanding is that we're super active behind the scenes there's not just a plan here where i think we'll go all the way down to plan f and g and i think they're happy to do that provided that eddie howe's happy with who comes in they're happy with the character of the player and they're happy that he's an upgrade on what we've got but don't just want to sign players for the hell of it 
We either want to sign players who are young and hungry and, have, and may develop into something that's world class. That's why we chased so hard for Ekatike. Because he's seen through the game. This, the next possible Thierry Henry. Possible. Not guaranteed. None of these things are guaranteed. But that's one type of player we're looking at. And we're also wanting to say, right, who can we drop into this team now that is better than what we have, that will survive in the Premiership, will make an impact on the Premiership, and will make our squad better? And is he the right character to make our squad better too? And I think these are the things they're juggling. Um, I think there's a far more activity than people realise because the activity isn't really coming out um, the way it used to. I believe the agents are being shut down now as well. Because Steve will tell you, and I'll keep to another degree, the amount of stuff we get from the agents who sit in places like the, 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 the reception area at St James's Park and basically tell everybody what they're there for and who they're representing. And that then gets from the club like wildfire. That's shut down now. That's not happening. Certainly not from my contact. Um, and I'm totally comfortable with that. You know what? I would love to be blindsided by every single sign we make and be delighted with them. <laughs> it's, it, as long as it makes the Cassie United better, I don't give a monkey's. It's not about being ITK in the first with the news and this, that, and the other. It's about we want to see our club develop and grow, and that's all we want. And I think we need the right people and the right signings, and I think we've got the right people in place to make that judgment. And I ain't going to question that. I'm not in a position to yet. Yes, if they make these signings and they turn out that bullshit in the first half of the season, then we've got some work to do in January. But I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, okay. Keith, uh, there's no panic. I mean, this is becoming like a broken record on this show, but there isn't any need to panic, is there? And, you know, so far in the transfer window, we've brought in England's number two goalkeeper. We brought in our main sign-in, which was Ben Botman. We managed to secure a permanent deal for Matty Target when everybody was being told that he didn't want to come here or his last didn't want to shop at the Metro Centre. Um, and we've also, we've also managed to... You know, to, to you know, to, to try and do deals for players who were beyond our wildest dreams last year. We've also managed to bring in Dan Ashworth, who everybody recognises as probably one of the biggest figureheads in football behind the scenes today um, in in world football, in, in, in certainly in this country. And we've now managed to bring in a chief executive officer um, who we're all crying out for a couple of weeks ago, saying, "Where's the chief executive? Where's the chief executive?" Not only have we brought him in, we've brought in somebody who wants to win everything in the game and who certainly seems to go about his job professionally and ethically um, ethically well behind the scenes. He, he just, you know, we couldn't have had a better window so far. We've also managed to get rid of the, the, the driftwood I keep going on about. So for me, so far, so good. And, and, and the window is still open on the 1st of September. And I know people are saying, well, you can't write August off. I'm not talking about writing August off. I don't think we'll write August off. We'll, you know, we will start our season with a with a better team, I think, than last year. And we've got we've got youngsters who are, are flocking by the you know the busful to come to Newcastle. They all want to come here because of the manager instead of losing youngsters. And now we've got one of our own in Elliot Anderson, who suddenly looks as if he's got the the capability of of playing with our first team. I'm I'm happy so far, and it's not over yet. That's a short question, that might. It's right though, isn't it? It's, it's, right. a ben, it's a Ben Jacobs question. That was, that was a Steve Rafe rant. Uh, it, it's good. Um, 
I think I said said earlier. I think the more we could panic, and the more the fans like us complain, I don't think it make any difference at all. They'll only buy who the club want to buy and who the who the, who the coaches sign off. Um, I'd message today that we're looking at a player, a right winger from Portugal, who plays for Portugal, plays for Valencia, 26 year old, Guedes, and that's a name that I've never heard. That's a name I've never seen anywhere. Just come out the blue and said they look at this like close, and that's what's happening. You'll get a name that none of us know, and it just goes bang. They sign a name. The Diaby thing was well published. They couldn't get him away. TK was well published. Couldn't get him away, and so it goes on. But I think Newcastle will sign at least two more players, two more attacking players before the window shuts. And Newcastle would rather sign him in July, if not certainly August. After that, it's too late. So it's obviously they're trying to sign him now. It's obviously they can't get them in. But us panicking won't change anything. Us panicking won't make a monkey's toss difference. We've just got to accept. But if you said to me, how do you feel? They've showed the defence up. Um, a lot of players have matured and got better. Likes of, likes of having likes of Trippier, Botman, Gomerishian. Talking about real world class players, yeah. real, real class players. I think the goalkeeping thing's sorted out now. Let's just be patient. Let's just be patient. I'm sh- I'm certain you'll see at least two players come before the window shuts, possibly, possibly three. I'll give you one word answer to your question, Keith. How do I feel? Comfortable. Ah, that's, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's good. I eh? that's that's and 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 I feel confident. The, the club will sign players, but the, the, they'll look at deals. You know, I think I think if if, if there's rumoured today Lingard was available for eighty thousand, I think they might have made a punt at him. But when deals get pushed beyond them, like like the extra terms that Ekatiya wanted, and it's obvious why the agent put that money on because he wanted to keep the options open again for PSG. The the agent manipulated that. If- if you look at the so-called terms that Lingard's got out of Forest, that's just flaming ridiculous. I don't know how much of that's true. I hope it's a piss take, but wow. with him, I can believe it. The, 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 they say, they say that West, they're saying that West Ham, um, that, that's, after Newcastle, I've probably got more mates who's close top-end at West Ham than any other club. And they, they were saying, oh, you won't compete. I says, why? I says, because we're going to bid 150,000. I says, Newcastle won't pay 150,000, babe. Simple as that, because it'll smash the wheel structure. No matter what happens, you, you've got you've got Trippier reputedly on just over a hundred, Joe Linton thereabouts, and Bruno just behind them. And and Newcastle aren't going to put a hundred fifty thousand pound player in unless he's a megastar. And I don't think Lingard fits that trip. Personally, I'd have loved him in January. I wanted him to come now, but the deal doesn't work. So you just got to accept, wish him well, and move on. Just, 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 just let them move on, but, but, but for me, I think Newcastle, the blueprint, and this new CEO coming in and Dan Ashwood, I think they all have the other they, they want to bring people in of the Botman age. I think it's, I think they're looking for younger people to come in to build the team. It's going to take more time, and we're going to be patient with. And for, for that reason, I think they'll be looking for a younger right winger and a younger striker. I think that's what's coming. 
Steve, um, somebody made a point to me today about um, Newcastle, you know, potentially not not doing all the business in public and and almost misleading the market a little bit by pretending or leaking out that they're going for X, Y, and Z so that the prices get bumped up on them. Whilst in fact they're looking at other people, um, you know, and and going to do their business and, and bring in players that nobody expect them to do. You know, could be a little bit of that kind of stuff going on, Steve. You 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 think? Yeah, I mean, there's always gamesmanship that will happen, and I mean, you know that that this is this is business now. This is this is football business. The the agents used to tout players around. You know, clubs would throw names into the hat as well. The the local press would would get little whispers and things like that. Nothing's coming from Newcastle at the moment, and yet you're right. It, it, it there's every possibility that there are those sort of mind games being played. I mean, you look at Chelsea for example. Chelsea lost Christensen and they lost Rudiger, both on free. And then they went out and they've bought, is it Koulibaly? They've spent like 60-odd million for. Cohen there, they're going to spend another 60-odd million pound. Uh, they've just taken out a massive, massive loan that they've leveraged against the club of 800 million pound. You've got Man City, who they, they, they've apparently struck what on paper looks like a fantastic deal uh, for the striker. But then you see behind the scenes that there was 30 million went here and 20 million went there and the agents skimmed off the top as well. And so it goes on. Then you look at Man United, who cannot buy a player for, for love, no money at the moment, because everybody's looking at Man United and going, you know what, is is it the powerhouse it used to be? Am I better off at Tottenham? Am I better off at Chelsea? Am I better off at Arsenal? I mean, that's, you know, we talk about the pull of Manchester. I think that the Manchester pull, the magnet that they used to be, is now on, on the City side. And I think Manchester United have suffered accordingly because of that. And I don't think they can even pull players in. Um, and then you look at Tottenham, where they are just, you know, they, they, it was always inevitable that, that you know, with, with Conte, that he would be given his own way because otherwise he'd walk. We know that that's the sort aye, of manager. Because he way. threw his toys out the cut, aye. That's right. So to save, to save face, they've they, and, and he will. He, he is the sort of manager that will bring you success. He is a, you know, a, 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 a real world-class manager. Of all the managers around, you know, he's the... He is probably the doyen. He is the kingpin moment in the, in the Premier League, in my eyes, anyway. In terms of the the real class class manager, um, that can that can really really take a team and and turn it into something special, um. But it has to be done in his way. He's not a he's not a builder, you know. He he's a bloke who, who goes out and buys the mansion. He doesn't buy, he doesn't buy the house and start putting the scaffolding up and and take three or four years to get it to where it wants to be. Which is probably what we've got with Eddie Howe. We're hoping that he's going to produce some sort of nice, decent little house for us that that looks the part. Um, but the, the Premier League, it, 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 then you then you look at Leicester and you look at Wolves, the, the next step down, and yet you know they can't buy a player love for love no money. That there's no idea what's going on there. And then you look at Everton and you just see a club that's like, what the hell? They're too busy trying to sell themselves than they are trying to buy or sell players, and that it's. I just don't know where that where that's where that's heading. So I'm glad we're not involved. I'm glad I, that when I pick up a newspaper or I look online, that I'm not seeing in the first twenty or thirty stories anything about Newcastle United. The occasional thing that will pop up by Craig Hope that's a bit of an exclusive may appear in the Daily Mail if you look on there. Um, but everything else is Man United. Everything else is Tottenham. Everything else is is Chelsea and Arsenal. And it's the same in the mirror, and it's the same in the sun, or, or the scum, as, as I tend to call it. All of all the nationals, the Guardian, etc. We're not on there. We're not. When we are not 
anywhere on in those papers. I don't know what's happened. I don't know. I don't know what those those journalists are coming United are actually doing, other than being on jollies or making a fool of themselves at the at the races, um, as some of them did. Um, but you know, it's the it's the way it is. It's the way it is. But just I'm quite happy. I'm like Mitch. I'm content. I just want it. I just want it to go and not have the panic. And if we do go out and, and sign somebody, then it comes from left field. We're going to go. Wow, where did that come from? That's the excitement that's generated with Newcastle yeah. at the moment, and that's why yeah. I'm, I'm 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 quite relaxed. Um, whether I'll stay relaxed when it gets to the <laughs> is a different story. But we've got a few weeks after kickoff um, when the transfer before the transfer window shuts. Um, the, no, this is. What's that phrase? Calm your chickens. We've heard that many, many times. One of Keith's specials. Keep your Big powder dry. Keep your powder dry. Yeah. Big shout out to Mick T, the Leeds fan. He says, I'd be happy for Lascelles and Cash for Harrison. He'd fit mm. in better here and give us strength rather than fifth choice there, love. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Mick, I mean, Harrison would be a good acquisition for us. I just think we're going to get priced right out of it. They've already done good business with, uh, you know, selling a couple of their star players. It seems as if uh, Steve Hastings just pointed out that Leeds and Everton are the selling clubs this, this summer. Leicester just seem to be yeah. stagnating as well. And um, if you watch... The three amigos probably getting back 12 months now this is what mitch and steve were talking about they were saying this is where we're going there's going to be some big shocks there'll be teams who probably are still playing catch up from COVID. um and and you know it, 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 there's been massive massive things happened and and now you've got the you know the the, the costs of things going up it's all going to have a knock-on effect for football and football and you know money money's running out for some for some of these sponsors as well anyway got to give a shout out to the sponsors uh, for nufc matters uh, as always big thank you to spider miner worldwide coverage from the lads the only cryptocurrency miner that can mine five different cryptocurrencies at the same time while it's using virtually no energy and it's vpn protected by yours now at www.miner.spidervpn.org thanks to skips and bins telephone 0800 25 45 253 email inquiries at skips website www.skipsandbins.com easy contract free and pay as you go waste collection thanks also to lng family funeral directors 0191 389 7245 and to garden of healing cbd hemp and cannabinoid specialists www.thegohd.com thanks to the lads at away day clothing who uh, had a great first day they sold out uh, website coming soon uh, but uh, big thanks to the lads for jumping on board and thanks to qtechshop.co.uk the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in walls and newcastle and the guys who run our website nufcmatters.com thanks also to mr vicky's handmade in cumbria and you can find out all about them at mrvickies.co.uk or by telephone in 01768 210 102 thanks to media arts for all the help with the video side of things if you want to subscribe uh, then please hit the nufc matters logo in the bottom right hand corner hit the thumb up to like the video click share to share to your social media or drop into the comments box to speak to like-minded newcastle fans don't forget we are also available as a uh, podcast on itunes spotify and other podcast providers 
simply go there 24 hours after the YouTube show and it will be up there for you to download. If you want to join, Andrew, big welcome to you. You've joined again this month as a member, then click join underneath the video. If you want to spend a little bit more and get into the monthly draw and get a cup, a pen, a scarf and a membership card, uh, then simply go to nufcmatters.com and click membership or put your smartphone over the QR code and it will take you straight there. We do send out a free car sticker to anyone who subscribes for free simply email john at nufcmatters.com and he will post you one out don't forget we do support the food bank on here nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk is where you can make a virtual donation to the match day bucket today and don't forget the Alshira ball is still up for grabs 2.99 a ticket limited to 99 tickets and now at nufcmatters.com and the NUFC Matters score predictor, Super 6, is up and running. Join the Matters gang, enter into our own league, £10 an entry for the season. Cash prize winner every month, exclusive manager of the month t-shirt, cash prize for overall season winner, and trophy and manager of the year t-shirt. Sign up now at NUFCMatters.com. Peter Beersley Soccer School is up and running. Monday night training, July, August summer camps, booking available now. Yeah, you just need to look at... Uh, PeterBeersleySoccerSchool.com for all the information there. You've got about 25, 30 minutes to bid on the uh, Pato PI t-shirt for the food bank <laughs> as well. Uh, at Steve Rafe, simply get yourself onto the uh, get yourself onto the uh, website, uh, onto Twitter, uh, at Steve Rafe. It's pinned at the top. Make a bid underneath, and uh, all proceeds from that t-shirt do go to the food bank. Okay, as you know, QTech do a monthly giveaway. And uh, they give you some clues. You have to write the answers to the clues down. And then you get a question on week four. We're into week two. That was the first clue, 14th of April, 1926. And this week's clue is 146 appearances and 82 goals. 146 appearances and 82 goals. So all you need to do is uh, jot that down. Uh, there'll be another clue next week and the week after. And then you will be able to uh, get the answer, hopefully, and drop it into the chat, and the winner will be announced then. Okay, time for a little bit of music. Hello. Hello, Warrington Minge here with another album review. This week it's The Verve and Urban Hymns, which was released on the 29th of September 1997. The track list is Bittersweet Symphony, Sonnet, The Rolling People, The Drugs Don't Work, Catching the Butterfly, Neon Wilderness, Space and Time, Weeping Willow, Lucky Man, One Day, This Time, Velvet Morning, and Come on. And some interesting facts about the album. Well, Liam Gallagher appears twice on the album. The Oasis legend provides backing vocals on Come On and hand claps on Space and Time. The album artwork was designed by Brian Cannon and shot in Richmond Park. The dog on the cover was called Charlie and the piece de resistance. There's a hidden track on the album. The final track on the CD is come on as i've already mentioned after which there's a six and a half minutes of silence then an extra track unlisted song called deep freeze is on enjoy and 
Don't forget to tune in next week for another one of my top albums. Great stuff, Warrington. Thanks very much. Always handy to have a little bit of musical input on the show. And uh, always great to have you lot watching as well. Over 600 people watching again tonight. Uh, as I said, we never do take it for granted. Thanks very much for uh, for tuning in and uh, starting your weekend off with the three amigos. It's always... And I'm, and I'm, I'm sorry if I put you off your tea. <laughs> Kenzie will go with this one. Kenzie says, what's everyone's thoughts on Memphis Depay being offered to us? Personally, That's I snap them up question. with wages wouldn't restrict uh, it. Now, yeah, it's, it's another one, Steve Hasty. It's another name chucked in. I mean, I did ask Roger, um, one of our mods, to, to start writing down the players at the start of the transfer window, how many we've been linked with. We gave up at something like 700, I think, of people who would be <laughs> in this transfer window. It, it's, it's just another one. But yeah, what, I mean, what do you think about that one, Steve? It's an interesting, interesting model. Yeah. It's part of the Barcelona giveaway, isn't it? You know, yeah. buy, two, buy two, get one free. It's ridiculous what's happened to Barcelona. But, yeah, I mean, he, he was desperate to go there. But he went on that Koeman, didn't he? And uh, obviously they're having a big Dutch player <clears> out again. But uh, I think they're clearing everybody out in the moment uh, just to balance the books and give them some sort of uh, some sort of way out of the mess that they're in. Depay never reached the heights, did he, at, uh, at Manchester United? For whatever reason, but very few at Manchester United who have, who have signed for Manchester United over the last six or seven years have reached the heights. Um, you know, the, the God knows what's been going on there. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't sit there and say, well, he was crap at Man United, so he shouldn't come up to Newcastle. Uh, quite the opposite, in fact, he's a he's a world class footballer. Um, but what are one of these? Has he got the right mindset? Is it there? Is, is he is he another? Is he another ASM in the making? You know, are we going to balance? Is is it balancing out on both wings? That type of thing. I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. I think it, I think on his day, um, again, just like all the Mavericks, and that's what he is. He's another Maverick, uh, another Dutchman that comes with a little bit more attitude as well, doesn't it? Probably slightly different to the French attitude. The last I fair to the um, I am absolutely the dogs. Give me everything I want. Uh, <laughs> It's it's a it's a is it paper talk? I, I, I suspect it is. Um, but no smoke without fire is probably the phrase that uh, that some people would use when it comes to that. Uh, is an agent trying to tout them? Is it is it somebody in the press just desperate as a reporter to have a story that he can link in and throw in? Because, like I said earlier, you cast aren't making the first twenty in the script. So is somebody nipped in and thought, you know, let's let's throw this name into the hat and see whether the, the editor will boost my numbers and, and get me a little bit further up the page. I'm not too sure. Um let's just wait and see. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna sit on the fence with this one, to be perfectly honest. What about uh, Harrison from Leeds, Steve, just while I've got you on um, about, about different players? Type of player, totally different. I've I've always liked I thought I thought that, that that Leeds team, not last season necessarily, but the season before, and I thought that he was a, a, an outstanding footballer. But I think that was the way that the team was set up, the way that Bielsa had them playing. It was do or die. There was they had pace all over the place. There was one or two players in that team that 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 I would have looked at and thought, you know what, I could quite fancy him in Newcastle. Um, I could pick, I could probably pick two or three names. Um, and, and he was one of them. Uh, I, I like the look of him. I think he's. I think he's a, a, a really. It would be a really, really good asset. I think he's a bit like Fraser in 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 that respect. 
Um, a player who, you know, never say die, keeps going, keeps going, full of energy, full of enthusiasm. Um, whether or not the price is right, however, for Newcastle, whether or not Leeds are pricing them out the market because they need the money or because they're trying to 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 basically say we don't want to sell, it's very difficult to tell. Um, but I, I like the cut of his jib, I must admit. And uh, if he came to Newcastle, I'd be quite happy. I must admit that one as well. So. Yeah, OK. Uh, what's your thoughts on those two players, Keith? Dupay, I don't put any weight on the argument that uh, Man United it didn't work for him. There's a lot of good players that go to Man United and believe it or not, one which you'd be surprised is crediting is Pogba will come good again at Juventus. Because class doesn't leave you, form does. And for me, Dupay is a crap footballer. Um, I'd be frightened to learn what kind of money he's demanding. Uh, but if we got him, we're just fans. I just embrace it and love the fact he was company castle. He is a class player, um, and it would be good to have those kind of players on the pitch. But when you go on to Harrison, you're talking about I, I thought Leeds are very workmanlike. I thought Belsey uh, played leads like like how does front on the front foot i felt leads were in a false position when when they when they started slipping i thought the football they, they played last year they deserved better and harrison's typically one of them players who who gives you 90 minutes you know plus, plus he gives you 90 minutes plus five he, he works right to the last final whistle and i think harrison would enhance most teams in the premiership you know if, if you were harrison either coming off the bench or starting I think you've got a you've got a player good pedigree, and I think he's 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 got really great work ethic. So I'm like Steve, um, ah, I don't know how much, um, you know, one minute schematic, the next minute it's, it's you know Isaac, the next minute it's 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 all these players, these big big players, being realistic and being, you know, like like thinking where we've been. And thinking of what happened in the last 14 years, I'd be happy to get, you know, a Harrison in and and, and a, a young 18-year-old centre forward as backup. You know, like like buying people who's got pedigree, who've played for under 16s, under 18s, under 21s, and who are still getting goals wherever they play, and bringing in that kind of youth to to come off the bench. You know what I mean? And and that kind of youth that if Wilson had a serious injury as he did last year. That was a bad injury. That we, we put a kid in and said, look, you're gonna to have to grow some balls, or you're gonna to have to you're gonna to have to pause like Mitch and uh, and deliver. You're gonna to have to you're gonna to have to grow up overnight. And and if if Wilson doesn't get injured, it brings a harmonious squad because that kid can be learning off the likes of Wilson every week and get the first class coaching. So so for me, I'm optimistic. But I'm not expecting it to pay kind of, I'm not expecting that kind of player to come. Um, but I, I'm guilty of saying, if you said to me, I'll give you two players, winger and forward, who would you take? I'd say Diaby and Osserman. So, so I, 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 I'm a typical fan. I dream. I dream like the rest of us. Um, I think Harrison's more realistic. And like you say, players can get priced out. Who would have thought, who would have thought, well, none of you would have thought that. You know, towards the end of last season, that we could um, 
start going on our budgets. And that when Lingard, Lingard came up with his Man United contract, he'd get gazumped by Nuts Forest. Nobody could have thought that. But that's that's the power of the uh, parachute payments if they go down. That's the, that's the power of people knowing how much... It, it, they said Nuts Forest will add 135 million to their turnover over the next three years just by being the Premier League. 135 is minimum what they can get. And I think it's a lot more. So all these players come in the reach of everybody. I'm surprised Fulham hasn't spent more. I'm surprised you know, Fulham haven't... Fulham, Fulham are the sixth richest club in the Premiership. I'm surprised they haven't spent more. But uh, Depay, it's a big innings, Steve. It's a big, it's a big ask. And um, is that a dressing room breaker? I don't know. I, I'd be more excited um, getting a, a Paqueta or get, and, and getting a, a striker, you know, like an Isaac or something like that or an Ottoman. Than, than to pay, but but if he comes, I'll be shouting for him. <laughs> okay, Mitch, your take on those two players that we're talking about? Both those players, I would have in a heartbeat on the right deal. Uh, and this is our problem. It comes back to something I discussed with Kieran McGuire on another podcast recently with the lads from Loaded. Um, we are in the position where, like when you go to Thailand, one of the markets, there's three prices. There's the local price, there's the tourist price and the American tourist price. And we are looked at as the American tourist at the minute. So everybody's going to quote us high. Yeah. And that's why the market's going to go quiet for a while until it comes to squeaky bum time at the end of the window. What do you need to do financially to help yourself, Barcelona? And how can we help you? What works for both of us here? There's certainly no way we can allow to have our pants pulled down because the first time we allow that, everybody will do it. Says the everybody man. Everybody will do it. Thank God old pants I'm getting pulled down tonight. <laughs> and, uh, and so the first time that happens, we're fucked in the transfer market because everybody will try to do the same. <clears throat> And that's why we've got to, got to sit tight with two aces in the pocket and let's see what the river card is. We <laughs> might have to go to that. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with that because <clears throat> if you could do a deal with Barcelona to get to pay on the cheap and have some of these wages covered or to have some of the wages cleared, bearing in mind what, that, what the problem they've got with the player they're trying to sell to Man U at the minute because he's owed, what, 17 million in wages? Yeah. Because they're paying their wages, they're paying, they're paying their wages with IOUs and promissory notes, which is never a good situation to be in, no matter how much you try and spend your way out of it. So <clears throat> that gives us leverage, not them. So I wouldn't be paying the first price and agreeing to the first deal. Depays somebody if he's fit and he's up for it, enhances our squad, fills a role in our squad that is needed to be filled, cut, has played at the very top flight, and he don't become a nugget overnight. Yeah. Harrison, I've seen, as you all know, I've seen a lot of leads in the last few years. He does something every time he comes on the pitch for leads, <clears throat> be that off the bench or be that in the starting 11. And his record over the last three seasons is almost identical to Richarlison's who's just gone for £60 million to Spurs. Uh, yeah. So I'm 
if if we get him for 20 million that's a bargain i'm yeah. sorry it really yeah. is i would be prepared to see us pay more but not too much more in terms of value with where he is does he improve our squad absolutely does he give him more options yes and for me stick him out on the left and tell esm to come back across to the right then we've got our two-pronged wing attack and we will kill some teams with that because they can't shut both of them down i've seen he came on when leeds were 3-1 down at west ham last season if i remember rightly and he turned the game around for them in the 1-4-3 and i watched it with the leeds lads and they were going mental and the leeds the leeds fans i know will be gutted if harrison leaves they love him to bits and because of the know even as an impact player from the bench he makes things happen and that's exactly what we need is people to make things happen he's got premiership experience don't need to blood him or bed him in he knows exactly what he's doing he knows exactly the caliber player he's going up against so for me i would i would have both of them but it's got to be the right deal and we can't look like we're paying over the odds because that'll affect future deals we're trying to do and it's time to play a little bit of poker lads and lessons Mitch, you must, be, Mitch you must be certain though with this whole setup and more so since the CEO coming last week we will only be bringing people on the right deals now there'll be nobody coming in on the wrong yes, deals absolutely 100% mate we uh, I, I genuinely believe when people see us coming oh richest club yeah. in the world they're going to try and chuck ridiculous numbers out with and we're just going to bat it back at them and say nah bang bugger on, off we can go and spend we can go and spend my money elsewhere if we want to it's not just you we're interested in it's not just your players so and that's the attitude we've got to take it might make deals two three or four weeks longer to do and construct right. it's all right it's but all right. once it gets towards the end of the window if barcelona are looking at their wage bill thinking christ we can't register players because of the rules in spain then they really don't have any leverage in a deal at all yeah. If we're getting near the end of the window and Leeds are thinking, hang on a minute, we need to balance my books a little bit here, we're still short of cash, then it's the time to do the right deal. And I'll only have them on the right deals. Um, and as Paul's saying there, yeah, that's the opinion of the Leeds lads I know over here. If they sell him on the back of the other sales they've already made, they feel they're done. Sorry, Steve, I and cut so you off. No, no, I was just going to say, it's interesting what you're saying, because the players that we seem to be linked with are players with pace, you know, you know, pace to burn, you know, they're, 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 that's the thing about them. And what, I'm pick, what I've picked up from uh, some of the contacts I've got with regards to the way that Newcastle have been training and the warm-up games and, and specifically the training, is that we're training and we're, we're playing with a much more an intensity than yeah. we had last season. And I'm talking about not just... You know, a five percent more intense, but they're talking 20, 30 percent more intense. How one Steve, to... you've got to look at how fit they are. Look how like... fit they looked in those two pre-season games. And, and Way fitter than that... they did the same stage last season. Yeah, it's not only that though, Mitch. It's not just the, the general fitness, but it's the it's the speed of thought, it's the it's the 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 way that they're pinging the ball around much quicker. That comes with being fit because your mind is more alert, your mind is more fit. You physically are more fit. You know that when the pass comes, that you can get on the end of it. But I think how's going to have us playing a different style to what the style that we had last year? I think we're going to be playing quicker. I think we're going to be playing. I think we're, I think we strengthened the defence, so he knows he's got a solid defence 
And I think he's going to give the players in front of that back four the freedom to move the ball much, much quicker and to, to get away from that sort of um, what at times was like a 25-minute pedestrianisation almost of St James's Park where you ping the ball up and you hold the ball. And that's the way, if you remember, that's the way City play and then they play in spurts. I think we're going to be, I think we're going to be playing with an awful lot more intensity to counteract the way that City play, the way that Arsenal tend to play and the way that certainly that Man United with the players that they've got are now when, looking towards bringing defensive midfielders in. When we got hammered off both Spurs and Man City last season, that's exactly was the difference, the intensity. They just didn't stop. They weren't no. happy with two. They wanted three. They wanted four. Once they got got on top of without that was the only way it was going. Last game of the season against Arsenal, we absolutely hammered them. And how did we hammer them? Intensity. Exactly. You're absolutely right, Steve. Right. Yeah, You're absolutely going. right. Yeah. And, and, and to have intensity, Steve. Steve, you need pace. Yeah. You, you can't you can't press people without pace. And if, no. if 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 you press people too hard and they come round the back, you need pace to get back. And, and, and you've hit someone there, which is bang on the money. It's the first time. I tell you, I remember the playoffs against Sunderland years and years ago, and they pressed us hard. You know, they were, they were at the ankles. And I remember when we got beat, when Decanio was in charge of them, they looked like hungry at us. I'm seeing yes. the Newcastle side that's doing that now. I'm seeing people that are on the pitch, and while on the pitch, they're going to absolutely go 110%. They're going to run through walls. And and it you're right, Steve. it comes back to pace. You need pace in your locker. And if all the people going for have got that thing, it's it's it, in the modern game, it's uncanny. And I think there's a why a lot of foreign people don't come play in England because they couldn't cope with the speed of the game, the speed of the British game. Yeah, and come with pace also comes the the players that feel comfortable with the ball at their feet when playing at pace, not just a hoof the ball. And, and and hope for the best. That's not the sort of pace we're looking for. We're not just looking for the pace, dropping back to, to create a line. We're talking about with the ball, moving the ball at pace and running with the ball at pace. That's what the game in front of that back four is going to be next season. That's my prediction anyway. And as I say, from what I'm hearing from some of my contacts, that, that the intensity of training, not just a physical intensity to be fit, but a physical intensity to get stuck in and to win, and the graft that they're putting hey, in is is absolutely clinical now. Look at that challenge Joe Linton made in the first friendly against the eighteen sixty, and and you hear everybody whining and whinging and moaning about it, yeah. and the guy and the, the the manager on the touchline was desperate to get him sent off for it. Um, I've not seen that now a preseason for a long time. No, <laughs> you know. I was at Leighton Orient when we got beat 5-1, for God's sakes, you know. 6-0, 6-0. Was it 6-0? Well, whatever it was. We seem to have disappointed fans going on about transfer windows. We've also got a disappointed fan who's won this. Uh, the Patio PI T-shirt has gone for seventy. It's <laughs> gone to seventy-five pound this week, and it's gone to uh, two tipster Joe Walker, who's gone. Hey. That's a joke. Where is George Hayes when you need? Where's, him? Tipster, where's you're wearing, you're tipster? You're wearing that on opening day of the season, fella. And he says, where's, at least I can drive the dog now. Where's Where's George Hayes up when you need him? Like, <laughs> 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 where's who's from Georgia? I'm over the moon. I, I messaged George George over in America. I said, please, 
do not bid against Joe. I says to George, I says, Joe sits outside my house at night. He takes videos of us. And he's obsessed with us. He wants that shirt because he wants to wear the bed on his own, naked like Mitch. Absolutely brilliant. brilliant. Fantastic. 75 bucks. Oh, says I'm on the Food bank's a winner. Um, and uh, thanks very much for bidding. And uh, next week, we've got a signed Warrington Minge t shirt. So that's up now on Twitter. Uh, get your Minge uh, next week uh, for a cheaper price as well. Um, but it's all money to the food bank. That's all that really counts, folks. Anyway, uh, moving swiftly on. Moving swiftly on. <laughs> Elliot, as always, has sent us a joke of the week. It's this one. Just written a new book about poltergeists. It's flying off the shelves. Oh, fantastic. Oh, I like brilliant. that one. That I like a good that one. one. Elliot, he's, just Elliot. he's just flew, look. He's gone, yeah. He's gone. He's a way to get his budgie smugglers on, I think. Is he really get two more candlesticks? Just, just a reminder as well. I know it's a long way off, and we're enjoying the sunshine. But there is an evening with Frank Clark and Gibbo Monday, the fifth of December. Ten tickets left, guys. Time Mouth Surf Cafe. Uh, get yourself onto their website. Go and buy uh, a couple of tickets for that because Frank does not do many talkings. Uh, it'd be great for you to get along there and see Frank. It's limited to thirty-five places. Um, and uh, yeah, got a, a succession of little do's down there with Gibbo. Um, and um, you, you know, get yourself down to that one because Frank is a is a real legend, not just for Newcastle, but not Nottingham Forest as well. Haven't met him with the first club lads, honestly. He's great yeah. crack. He it's is worth he's, every penny to go and see. He's absolutely brilliant. As is this. Suggest you go and get something to wear. Uh, maybe he's Neil in case you have an accident watching these. Um, okay, uh, this one was from David Moon. He says, I can't believe Mike's still going to the games and sculling pints. There's Mike Ashley uh, across <laughs> in Austria. I'm sure the guy uh, has probably had that uh, comparison once or twice. Wayne Bennett sent this one. He says, uh, one of the most badass characters in TV history. Bit harsh. I thought Steve Braith was actually a decent guy, says Wayne. Uh, the guy from uh, Breaking Bad, of course, who played the corrupt police officer. Uh, Monty Mag sent this one. He says, looks like Honky Tonk Mitch has a hidden talent. Country music <laughs> charity night with Honky Tonk and country duo. And uh, you can just see Mitch uh, on the uh, left-hand side there with his uh, big... Uh, 10 gallon hat. Shall I do with that? Oh no. No. Sonny <laughs> says, uh, when on holiday, Keith takes his best to bed just so that the locals mistake him for Peter Stringfellow. Plus, it's guaranteed <laughs> to pull the birds. <laughs> if that was Albert, he would have superimposed Steve Hasty's head on that, I'm sure. Uh, speaking of Albert, lost your teeth, Stu. Stu Penman. Uh, Sam Chipperfield says uh, Stu Penman's been on the source. Oh, thanks to Stu Penman for stepping in last week. Into the old uh, Albert uh, Albert school of lookalike. He's now Baby Amigos, Keith, Mitch, and Hasty. There's uh, there's hey, Keith. God, oh my Baby God. Keith. That's frightening. Pull yeah. 
Um, Albert sent this one. What's he trying to say? He hopes he never has long grey hair. Looks like Ian Trippier, that. Baby Mitch. That's fucking terrifying. Jeez. I'm going to show that one to your dad and see, see, if, it's, uh, see if it brings back any memories. Uh, I, I picked this up at Wimbledon. Um, Steve Hasty on the left, sitting at the. This is all from the final. Alba lead in the middle. And doing the line calls <sighs> was um, was our very uh, a very good friend Liam Kennedy. <laughs> hey. so, that's, so that one's from me. That one uh, again, Albert Toothless Amigos, Patterson, Hasty, and Penman. Uh, that just um, just a little reminder of uh, the stuff that Albert <laughs> likes to send and do during the week. Uh, yeah. Did you know that Mitch tried teaching before dentistry? <laughs> I mean. Technically, I used to teach dentistry, to be fair. This one was from um, Darren. He goes, the heat is playing havoc with Steve Hasty's hair. (laughs) 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 He's got all off to any son. Wayne Bennett sent this one. Uh, (laughs) Just no explanation, just a load of pictures. As you would expect from Wayne. I mean, that one, come on, Wayne. You're barking up the wrong tree with that one. Literally. It's not even great, man. That's a bit that's better. Gonna... That's a bit better, anyway. Uh, but yeah, that, that, one, that, one is, that one's a belter as well. Uh, this one, Sam Chilton, this is Jan with Steve Hesty, Pat Butcher's stunt double. Hasty's real deal. I see what he's done to me there. Why, 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 honestly, Albus, I don't know what the hell that is. Um, this one, a, a separated birth, Steve Hasty and Dick Henry. Oh, wow, <laughs> like it. From Steve Bennett, a good friend of yours, Steve. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> is, is Hasty getting ready for the big market? Oh, my God. Trying to uh, then this one, this is from Tom Dixon, who just <laughs> randomly <laughs> now found the same app that Albert's got. This is from Tom Dixon again, Steve Hasty Prom. <laughs> and from Tom Dixon again. And Tom then reverts back to type Stanley Tucci and Pepe Arena. Very good, Tom. I like that yep. one. This one was a good one from Banana Man. He went, fact of the day, Harry Kane and Fred West used to be a wrestling tag team. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you what, that is brilliant, that. It could be Benny Benny from Crossroads. Could Um, be, I. Yeah, it's got a a touch of the old Fred West. Uh, Ray Parler and Charlie Dimmick from uh, Tom. God almighty. And now we're into the uh, the real deal here, lads. Uh, Top top five, top six. Top six. Michael Barlow, lookalike Florian Grilch and Carl Darlow. Yeah. Pretty good, but not good enough for the top uh, the top ones. Uh, Dion Dublin and Tory Kittles. That's very good. Yeah, I like that very one. Good. This one uh, from Rocky Toon, John Mayer and Johnny Depp. That is good. That is good. Right, okay, here we are. Top four. Roger Timms and... <laughs> The guy who did Nookie Bear. Yeah, Roger DeCourcy. No, not Roger DeCourcy. That's him. Yeah. 
Jürgen Klopp and Andreas Kornmeier. Wow. Pretty good. That's brilliant, yeah. isn't it? Do you think yeah. he like turns up at events like in place of him and stuff like that? You've got he's Probably. got <laughs> top two. One from John from Qdeck. Yeah, Liam Kennedy. Brilliant, that mind. Brilliant. Really, really good. Uh, World in motion, of course, new order. Yeah. Number one had to be this. Absolutely brilliant. Anybody who's seen it would agree. When you find Brian Clough on OnlyFans. <laughs> that is superb. Absolutely superb, Stephen. <laughs> no. Well done, mate. Um, unbelievable. I hope you didn't send uh, Brian a message. Uh, anyway, uh, get your look like he's in. We've got a few backed um, uh, up. They're, they're starting to back up. I've had to keep a few off, but uh, get them coming in. Send them to me or send them to the lads on Twitter and we will get them on the show. Uh, where do we go next? Okay, Michael, you've asked a few questions tonight, so I'll do the honour of asking this one. Do the Amigos think there is a future for Miggy, Murphy and Fraser? And if so, how long a shelf life do they have, Mitch? Mm -hmm. I think they're all players liked by Eddie Howe. And I think they're all players liked within the makeup of the squad. But I do think if we were to bring, say, Jack Harrison in, one of those has to go. Just for the balance of the squad and for making the figures work out. And for me, it depends on who is seen as the most saleable, which if there's a market firm in South America, that would be Miggy. Um, but again, the manager seems to be talking him up very much and he's certainly well liked within the squad. Um, the easiest to move on in one way, shape or another might be Murphy because of his age. Um, and what would generate for him? Uh, I certainly don't think Fraser will go anywhere. Uh, so I think it, it probably depends on who else we bring in, Michael. Hmm. Okay, Keith, your thoughts on that? Um, quite similar. I think I think Mickey, um, she's got a, a, a new best friend because, um, if you read the articles of the CEO, uh, Darren Eels, he's come in and he's really really um taught me good um and i think he's got a lot of faith in him i think eddie Howe's a big believer in him i think came back he did well when he was only the national duty he came back got a couple of goals against gateshead and that, I, I was abroad when he scored that goal i think it was against palace but it was it, it, like goal of the month or something it was palace so, yeah, yeah it was pretty good and, and the, the, the guy's got to me um and i think he's a kind of player that would play better in a good side so i think that's probably what's frustrates all about him i think we know he's got talent keith yeah yeah he doesn't always express it the way we would like him to when, when, if, you, if you go back the time when benitez had him at the start they talked about him where he play a ball in a box and a player would hold it up like wood and just touch it there and he just fly through and he had he had electrifying pace i think he's a better finisher than what we've seen so I think Miggy has got life in Newcastle because of Darren Eels coming in and I think Eddie Howe's a big fan. Uh, on Fraser, I felt there was a transformation last year from the Fraser that played on the Bruce that didn't want to know. Yeah. That, that, and and we, we as fans were maybe guilty of thinking it was Fraser rather than just the obvious of being Bruce. 
and and last year I saw a blow up the run through the walls. I saw a blow up that came off the pitch dying. So I, I saw a committed yeah. player. And for that reason, I would keep Fraser at Newcastle this season. Murphy, um, whilst he's the youngest, and I've always, I've always thought he's a nice player. I think he's had a bad pre-season. I think he's he's struggled. I think he's, you know, the last game he just he just he looks. It might be me, and and you know, all fans are as people who pay money for an opinion, and I just feel as though. He's not, when the ball comes to him, it's hot potato. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to put his foot on the ball. He's not comfortable with the ball, and I see that more in Fraser and uh, Almiron. I see them getting the ball and wanting it, and and, and going to do something with it. With, with Murphy, I felt as though he was. I don't know what to get rid of it. That's what I felt, and so that could be a confidence thing. But out of the three, because of age, and I would say prospect and everything else. I would I would say that um, what Neil said I think it's Miggy and Fraser who have the future certainly for the next season uh, and Murphy might go so uh, Miggy and uh, Miggy and Fraser has got the future um, I, th- I think I think when Darren Hills came on I saw all the pictures of him and um, uh, Almiro and I thought bloody hell they've got some real history together because obviously he came from the same club but he 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 did a lot of a lot of he, he was very very complimentary about role Almeida appeared and he even said that, that he recruited Almeida's replacement before they let Newcastle and that's how they did and that's what he wants to do with Newcastle what Darren Hills wants to do is when you know somebody's going to go or when you know someone's going to retire or leave you you build up his replacement a year or two before he goes and then you, you more or encourage him to go or allow him to go happily because you've got a willing substitute coming through and and in, in his press he said they knew they couldn't keep hold of Almeida replace him before he went so that, that's my thoughts steve your thoughts on those uh those players that um that you mentioned i think all three have us still have a place to play at newcastle um for different reasons uh let's take murphy first i think murphy's somebody put up there murphy's 27. murphy's a, a 27 year old who in my mind is 21. He's a player who still has has an arm around him, and I think he's he's gradually maturing. And I think when we got him, he was left to his own devices. I thought he was quiet, timid. Um, he was tiny. He didn't have any bulk on him. I think he's worked on on an, an awful lot of, of his game. Um, I heard that uh, there was an incident during during training where he was digging out uh, ESM for his attitude which I found interesting. So that shows he's a confidence player. He's confident in, in being a member of the squad now. He's not prepared to just sit back and take it. He's he's willing to speak his mind, um, which I think is great. Um, Miggy, absolutely spot on, Keith, with the links between him and Darren Eels and, and what went on at Atlanta. Um, I think it, if you look at the dates, then Darren Eels must have been um, really, really heavily involved in Miggy coming to Atlanta in the first place. Um, and that says an awful lot for like him as a as a as a CEO uh, that he can spot a talent like that, or he can strike a deal to to have players like that, and then sell them to Newcastle United for the amount of money we did, because it was an awful lot of money for a player coming from the uh, from the MLS. Um, and then in in Fraser, yeah, you're right. We saw we saw Fraser playing um, totally differently in terms of attitude. I think if if there is one 
thing I would say, why was his attitude so down after coming to Newcastle United from Bournemouth after he had everything handed to him on a plate and in terms of wasn't didn't even play with Bournemouth for the back end of the season because of his fear of being injured. He then comes and stupidly had missed the pre-season. Um, his fitness was, was in doubt and then he struggled with injuries and then he has this attitude about Scotland and not 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 playing and we hear all these stories so for me if there if there was if there's one player and yes he worked his socks off in a few games last season there was one player that that um has still ignited for me uh, of the three um when they're really on a level playing field then it, it then it's him um but i think i think all three still have a place to play for different reasons for different formations for the way that newcastle are going to play um so and and Mitch, if if one of them has to go because we sign uh, Harrison, uh, and I'm not necessarily thinking that one would have to go, but uh, if one had to go, I think that then this is again the point where Eddie Howe has the has the upper hand um, and has to make the big decisions. And this is when we yep. see a proper Eddie Howe, a proper Premier League manager, a manager who's not scared to make the decisions. And again, from what I'm hearing about Eddie Howe in on the training pitch. He's not, he's not a wallflower by any stretch of the imagination. He comes over as 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 quiet and refined and he has a he has a formula of the way that he treats people. But behind the scenes he is absolutely the number one at that club. What he says goes if he's unhappy with a player, if he's unhappy with the squad is 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 training. If he sees the slightest fallback, um, he's onto them like a ton of bricks, believe you me. Um, so again, um, it's his decision and he'll make the decision for the right reason. He'll not be pushed and be told by a board of directors, or oh, you've got to balance the books. I suggest you get rid of him. It'll be his decision and his decision only which of those three, if any of them, are not going to be part in the Castanated squad next season. Mm, good stuff. Uh, the two polls that we've had running on the community page. Uh, would you sell ASM this summer? Um, yes, 50%. No, 50%. Interesting. Uh, the other question wow. I put out earlier today was, will Newcastle qualify for Europe next season with the current squad? Yes, 31%. No, 69%. So uh, pretty uh, interesting results uh, from, from those two polls. If you want to vote, you can continue to vote. Uh, up until tonight we're going to finish up on this and i know the lads have uh, want to get off um so we've got six or seven minutes just to, to to discuss this one uh, a couple of people have mentioned this um i haven't seen this today i've been busy but what do you lads think of the suggestion that we've only paid three million pound up front for pope if that's how deals are getting done how does that impact financial fair play we are going to do something on financial fair play some of the other podcasts loaded have done one um, I think it was somebody else as well did one, maybe even Kieran Maguire put on do something. But there's there's people who try to break it down. We, we are going to do something on you. We've got a very special guest who's committed to coming onto the show, and we're going to hopefully do a pre-record next week. But um, just just your thoughts on that, Mitch? Well, look, if, if you amortise the fee over a number of, of years of the contract, that's that's how we're going to amortise it from our point of view in FFP. If that's how we've agreed to pay it. Um, I believe Burnley have already cashed in on the next instalments. There's something on Company's House today that suggests they're they're already leveraging against the money due from us over the next instalments for Pope. 
which shows you how bad a position they are in because of their leveraged buyout. And that's why they're not good. And that's why leveraging against football clubs the way Chelsea are, it's not good. Because if it goes tits up, it goes tits up. It's why what Barcelona are doing is dangerous. What Barcelona are doing for me is taking their future revenue and sticking it all on black. Yeah. Spin the wheel. Mm-hmm. Off you go. It might work. might not. Okay. And I blame in a previous chairman for it, which is... <laughs> it's just waving a shiny thing and saying, look at the squirrel, you know. <laughs> it's not going to solve the problem. And that's why, if we genuinely are dealing with um, uh, Barcelona over any players, I would expect us to be right in the last bloody minute and see the whites of their eyes and the bump will twitch before we do anything in terms of handing money over. Because come the end of the transfer window, they're going to be desperate. And so I'm, that's why I'm, for all I'm, my arse has been cutting off, um, sitting quite comfortable. Because, frankly, um, there's a lot of business to be done before the end of the transfer window. And we're in the box seat. Yep. Keith, your thoughts on, on the financial fair play and if we are doing deals like that? The, the, I read an article this week where we were talking about who had the most money in the Premiership, and somebody said, "Oh, the guy's got a forest is worth a lot of money." The guy's got a forest is worth about a quarter of what Mike Ashley is worth. So, so don't don't buy all that. I mean, I was shocked that Fulham was high up. Fulham were about seven point four billion, so that's probably five times Mike Ashley's worth, um, and they were doing six position. But when you got the number two, it was Man City on 23.2. When you got Newcastle, it was 320 billion at the top. When an outfit has got a wealth of 320 billion, and that, in fairness, is without the Rubens, who have got Man City wealth on their own as a family. Um, you, you, one, have as much money as you ever need to complete the project. But two, you have massive reserve and resource to help you do the best kind of purchases in the rest of your club and your model. So if Newcastle are putting three million down for Port to Burnley, it's because that's the most efficient way to do it in in line with FFP. Um, Newcastle wouldn't put three million down on a player like that if putting 30 down made it better. Newcastle are doing it because it suits the arguments, the EPL, the FFP people are going to throw at them. So fear not, everything Newcastle's doing is done to avoid bullets coming at them as and when they're fired. When you look at Burnley, Mitch has hit it on the, on the button. Burnley, the day they were bought, if they bought for 40 million, the day they were bought, they were 40 million worse off. So it's like it's like Mitch saying, you know, I've got a shirt here worth 40 quid. I've got on my shirt on, on now. And the day he buys that shirt, it's worth 40 quid. The day Burnley, so their shirt, they actually, they, they actually got zero money in. So, so if they're drawn down on the Pope deal, which which Mitch is, is is found digitally online, you can find these things out. It's because they're desperately short. They're desperately short of cash. But Nuts Forest aren't worth Nuts Forest out with billions. Nuts Forest are worth hundreds of millions. It sounds a lot of money, but you got to remember, Mike Ashley said he's worth two billion and he couldn't compete. And he was right. How could Mike Ashley compete with two billion against Man City's worth twenty-three billion? 
and against Chelsea's worth 12 billion and all, all these kind of figures. The reality is, as Mitch has eloquently said, when Roman Abramovich left Chelsea, Chelsea became poorer because it's a leveraged deal like the Glazers of Man United. In that, in that league table I saw, Man United's wealth was three billion. Very, very little more than what Mike Ashley's got. So, so these big clubs, Liverpool were only two billion. So, so Liverpool were at, were at Mike Ashley's level. And he said, I cannot compete. So leverage deals, which is what you see from the American buyers, it's what it's what a guy I was talking to planned when he bid on Newcastle and ended up buying it at Crystal Palace. Um, he was going to finance uh, Newcastle via the stock market if he got the deal through. That's what the Glazers did. That's what's happened at Burnley, and that's what's happening at Chelsea now. So don't don't worry. Don't don't lose one minute's sleep on a night that Newcastle are doing any deals other than maximising their position for FFP. You've got nothing to worry about. They've got people just just like they've just gone and picked the best CEO probably in the world to suit our model and probably got the best director of football in Dashworth. They'll have the best financial guy working out how you get around FFP. There's nothing to worry about. It, yeah, it, it's nothing, it's nothing, 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 nothing at all. Nothing at all. Steve Hasty, uh, just finish off, mate, on that. Yep. Uh, Shahid Khan, the reason why he's got loads of money at Fulham is he's the, he's the second biggest motor parts magnet in the world in the American market. He sells car parts. That's where he got his money from, Keith. Um, go back to Newcastle, go back to Pope deal. Um, all that, all that, all that that report is saying is that we're paying on the drip. We're paying three million this year, three million next year, three million the year after. The amortisation is an accounting thing, and that's just the way that that, that, that you can play around with the books. Um, I remember Newcastle United back in the the dark days of selling Shea Given for seven point five million pound and letting Man City get him on the drip. Uh, meanwhile, we were buying players, and uh, Mike Ashley was buying them for cash. Um, Mitch and I had this argument with Derek Lambias about it, and said Mike doesn't like to go into debt. That was just the, 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 the simple matter. Yeah. And we we asked him at the time why are you letting the richest club in the world, as as we called it, the richest club in the world, Manchester City, um, get our goalkeeper and pay you over two or three seasons? Um, nothing special about that other than that's the way that transfers have, were always done there's this this crazy thing now where everybody looks at the fee and then they look at well how long is the deal it means absolutely nothing all that's happened is the castle of the three, probably 12 million quid and they've said they'll pay you over four years and that suits them it suits burnley and um, because burnley if they'd been probably dumped 12 million pound in their into their bank account it would have all disappeared now what they've been able to do is to be able to take loans um, on the account that next year they've got another three million coming in, the year after another three million, and then the other year after, because the loans they're taking, there'll be an awful lot of interest that they're going to have to pay as well. And that's um, something that people are talking about. The reason Man United have got very, very little money or little ready cash, or so it appear at times, according to their fans, is because they pay an absolute fortune in the the, the interest on the loans that they yeah. were taken out it's, by it's the top why, top ten percent of the loans were the biggest the investors. That's what Eleven million pound every six months in dividends. Crazy situation. And that's it'll happen at Chelsea. You can guarantee that'll happen. Um Bowley is borrowing other people's money. Um yep. so hey 
good luck to them all. Good luck to them all. Don't worry. Don't 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 fret that Newcastle are buying players on the never never. Don't worry about it. Can Not I say a- one? Can I say one quick thing? Thanks, Mitch, for setting the show away tonight. Because the way you started that off, it couldn't be anything but a good I laugh. I just thought we needed no. a bit of energy it tonight. Was, to, get to, be honest, to be honest, it was it was outstanding what you did. And secondly, I just want to say to all the is, if you notice, Steve here, his hair's just dropped down. I think you've had a good ponytail. Because I've been it. I, I thought he'd had his hair cropped off, but it's all there still, so he hasn't uh, done it. Classic. Classic. Um, I just want to say that everybody who's donated tonight, that will be going to the Mitch, Keith, uh, Steve and Steve um, Pot and Stu Penman as well. I will be getting the dinner in and getting the wine in, so we'll be having a, a drink on everybody who's donated. So thank you. We'll try and book a table at uh, one of our favourite uh, Italians, and uh, the lads will be the lads will be getting that and reaping the benefits of that. So thank you very much Thanks for the uh, Absolutely, you absolutely brilliant show as always. I'm back ten o'clock tomorrow in the morning with Nick Lowe's. Uh, and then on Sunday night, six till seven, uh, Ben Jacobs will be back on. We might talk about Wijnaldum on there. I know a lot of people asking about Wijnaldum, but uh, yeah. you can clearly see we've had that much to talk about tonight. We've never got to it. Thanks to everybody. Uh, for tuning in and uh, Julie Baker, I do have to finish with uh, with her favourite slot, and then I'll come to you, Mitch. Uh, this one, thanks, Liam. You know you're a CNT, Steve. Give up. I'm not sure what I was supposed to be giving up, but uh, thanks, thanks for that, mate. Thanks for those lovely words of encouragement. Another one blocked. Go on, Mitch. Just wanted to say, Dad, I love you to bits. Keep a hard, mate. Um, my mum's been taken in hospital, so please give us a shout after the show. Let us know how she's getting on. And thanks to everybody out there who supports her and has my back because it's always fun to do this kind of shit. That's why we needed so much energy at the start of the day. And thank you a lot for being with us and always having my back as well, lads. Thank you. Yeah, sending love and prayers to Marjorie. I'm sure she'll be fine. And uh, George, we're thinking of you. And we're there for you, George, if you need us. And I'm um, looking forward to pre-recording the show with George tomorrow morning at 11, which you'll be able to see probably next week or the week after. But have a great weekend, guys. Hope uh, we've given uh, all lads and lasses out there a nice start to the weekend. Enjoy it. Be safe. Be sensible. And uh, the three amigos will be back next week. Take care, Take lads. Take care, George. Take care, George. Yes, everyone.